0: Hey, everyone, Sarah Peck here, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. So in our last episode, Val Geisler shared why and how she says no to things. And I wanted to pick up and do a bonus mini episode all about saying no. No. I think saying no is such a powerful exercise, and if you are the mom of kids, you know that that is actually a skill set that people, the little ones, start to learn, and they start to wield it with such pleasure. No, I have power. I have control. I am going to assert my independence, and no is such a beautiful word, and it's something that I think women in particular, not all of us, but many of us can get better at. So today's mini episode is all about the superpower of saying no. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. As always, hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have a minute to leave us a review, we would love that. If you need any of the show notes from the show, head to StartUpPregnant.com. Saying no. Do you struggle with this? Is saying no hard? I know that sometimes I get really into trouble because I will go into this default operating mechanism where I just start to say yes to everything, and then I end up overwhelmed, a little bit paralyzed, and behind. And then what ends up happening next is that I feel embarrassed because I can't finish the work that I promised, and I'm behind on emails, and I'm not getting... The things done that I want to get done, done. So, when Val shared in our last episode all about how and why she says no, I wanted to pick up and talk about four ways to help learn how to say no and why it's so important. I've also got some scripts that I really love. So, language you can take and use uh, that has worked really well for me, and, and ideas from a couple of our other guests about how to say no. First, Most important, getting really clear on what it is that you do want. So often we get super busy because we actually don't know deep down what it is that we want. Is it relationships? Better relationships? Is it more money? Is it help around the house? Is it time to yourself? What is it that you want? If you have clarity around what you want, You can use that to start to figure out what to say yes and what to say no to. If you want more money than free requests, maybe those things are things you say no to. If you want to invest in deepening your existing relationships, maybe there's a period in your life when you say no to meeting new clients or meeting new people for coffee dates. It doesn't work when you don't have any edges or any parameters. If you just say, well, I'll say yes to whatever opportunity comes up next, then oftentimes we end up letting other people's whims and desires take control. So for me, the first thing that's really important when I'm starting to feel overwhelmed or like I need to get out my no stick and start to say no a lot more is to get really clear on what it is that I want. Number two, women are conditioned not to offend. So often we use soft replies or we diffuse things or we have this fear of declining something firmly and we kind of put it off until later, mostly because there's a lot of conditioning that goes on in society that women are supposed to look good and be likable. Uh, it's kind of a sad state, but there's evidence in research to show that women are expected to be seen and not heard. You can find out more about this in places like the Harvard Implicit Bias Study. And HBR has some really great articles about experiments that have been done about women and speaking up, especially in meetings and in the boardroom. So in one study, when women spoke up at meetings, you have this table, right? You have a whole bunch of people around the table. There's men and there's women. There's all genders. And for the purposes of the study, I think they used the binary and said men and women. And when women spoke up, they tracked every time a woman spoke and every time a man spoke. And then at the end, they asked everybody to rate their perception of how often people were speaking. When women spoke up in meetings, it was less than 30% of the time. That was the track that they got Like when they recorded the actual conversations. When they asked people how much they perceived women to speak, they said the women spoke for more than half of the time. Why? Because it's rare to hear female voices because we expect them to be seen and not heard. And so when they do speak up, we weight it more heavily than just a regular, quote, regular person speaking. We think, oh gosh, that was a lot of time they spent speaking, even when it wasn't. It's not something I love. It's not uh, something that is fun to read about, but it's good to know, to dig into the science and the data and start to see, oh, these are all the different biases about what we expect of women and what we what we think about them speaking up. Obviously, Different situations, different women, different companies are going to have variability on this, but it is something that makes it a lot harder for women in particular to say no, because that is both speaking up and rejecting and not being liked. So here are some examples of how you can start to switch your language. I want to point to a coffee shop example. I'll tell you a little story about something that happens that I started to notice. So, you know, when you go to a coffee shop and you run into somebody that you that you know and you haven't seen them in a while and you say, oh, hey, like, so good to see you. How's your kids? Whatever it is, you start chit-chatting. And when you go to leave, there's something funny that happens. People always make these promises at the end of a conversation about things they're going to do or when they're going to see each other again. Oh, I got to reach out. We got to get together, and these words end up hanging around like little floating promises that they hang around like little fish hooks. And oftentimes, if you examine inside, do you have any intention of seeing them again? The answer might actually be no. You might already know intuitively that this is not something you want to pursue or do. You already have too many people in your life, too much stuff to do, and it's great that you ran into them in the coffee shop, but planning another play date sounds like your idea of... um Just like really hard, like you've got plenty going on. At this point, one thing that I'm personally trying to do is to say what I mean and to practice integrity with my word and to say, to build in no in even these micro, micro examples. So instead of saying, I can't wait to get together with you soon, or let's plan a play date soon, or making some vague promise about an activity that I don't even know if I can follow up with in the future. Instead, focus on the present and the existing moment, and I say, I am so glad that I got to run into you, or it was great to see you, or I'm so glad we got to catch up. Have an excellent day. Good luck with everything that you're working on. Those words mean so much more to me than pretending that I might be able to do something in the future, and I feel like they all start to add up in some way that I, over time, as I loft these empty promises into the universe, the universe is paying attention to what I'm promising, to what I say I'm going to do, and it notices. And the more I can start to practice getting in line with what it is that I'm saying and what it is that I'm promising, the better I'll be, just like any other skill, at saying no. Number three, so the first one was getting really clear on what you want. The n- next one was noticing that we're conditioned to not offend other people. So sometimes we build in easy yeses instead of noes. The third one is the math. You have to say no more than you say yes. Given the rate of exchange, the rate in which emails and requests can come into our lives. The number of emails we have is higher than ever. The number of requests, the number of advertisers, the number of social networks, all of the things that you can possibly do keeps expanding. And the amount of time you have in your day and the amount of attention and energy you give things, well, that is yours and yours alone. And it may be limited in quantity. It might not be fixed, We may do activities that give us more energy so we have more energy to give, but we still do have to decide which things to say yes and no to. And in my experience, it means I have to say no to far more things than I have to say yes to. And that's hard. But knowing that means that every day I should expect to be able to say no to things. And what Val shared, she says, I do one thing a day. As a new mom, I pick one activity a day and any more than that, and I say no. That means if you get eight requests to do things in a day, you're saying no to seven of them. And when you have that framework of one thing a day, it can get easier. You're like, great, everything else I get to say no to. Which brings me to my fourth tip on how to say no. And that's giving yourself rule sets or edges. So limitations actually help me make better decisions. Pregnancy, paradoxically, was something that threw up a lot of edges for me. But I also think it made me smarter and more efficient, and it helped me say no. So, as an example, I'll take conferences. There was a year in my 20s that I went to 12 conferences in one year. And I know that's nuts, but not all of them were really worth it. And then I got pregnant. And travel was more limited and my energy was much more finite. And I realized that I had, it really had to count for me to go. So I started getting more strategic about which conferences I went to and, and how I chose. And I said, okay, if I only go to two conferences this year, which ones are the top two? And it made my investment in conferences at a higher level because I would get much more specific about what it is that I was looking for. And these rule sets are edges. Like, I'm only going to do coffee dates on Wednesdays or I'm going to keep one weekend a month free and, never, and not put any activity on it. My husband and I use that rule because if we don't have one weekend to just like be home as a family with nothing on our calendars, we go a little nuts. Those rules or those edges help create boundaries where when I'm looking at the calendar to plan it, if I've already got three weekends booked in a row, nope, can't do it that next weekend. It helps me say no because I already have a framework from which to lean on. Sarah Moskop even shared something on her episode about how she uses these structures as a leverage or negotiation point. When people invite her to go to conferences or events, she says, I'd love to come, but I can only make it if there's a speaking opportunity for me. So that's actually saying no and using that as a bargaining tool where she says, my attendance, I can't just attend every event anymore. I can attend a few things selectively as long as there's a speaking opportunity. And she ended up getting a lot of speaking events. By doing this. As one final bonus, I just want to share that once you start saying no, it can actually get really fun. There's this period of fear and terror when, when it's like, oh, I'm going to let somebody down or I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to miss an opportunity or whatever it is. The fear, there's a fear behind saying no and being unable to say no. Once you start to practice it and you realize that Sure, you might offend a couple of people, or they might be miffed at you, but more than likely, they're going to understand. The thing that actually happens is people respect your time more when you set boundaries. And if you're a little bit harder to get a hold of, I have found that people are, they're better at showing up for events because they know that it's that much more important. And then they, they know the stakes are higher. They know that I'm not just going to spend my time in any which way. They know that moments matter and agreements matter. And I found it to be really useful and an ongoing practice for me. So, If saying no is something that you are amazing at, please head over to our blog at startuppregnant.com and leave a comment with your favorite way to say no or how you got better at saying no. And if you're really struggling with saying no and you've learned something from this episode, hop over to startuppregnant.com, find this episode, and leave us a comment with what helped and what you learned from it. I would love to hear all of your stories. So thanks so much for listening and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for being a listener of the show. A few more things before we end this episode. First, if you know of a woman or a friend that would benefit from this show, send them a link to our website at StartupPregnant.com. So many of you have already reached out and shared your stories, what this podcast is doing for you. And for that, I am so grateful. So if you know of somebody that would love to listen in, or you think that these stories would really hit it home for somebody, feel free to send it along. Second, if you've got a story that you need to share or tell, head over to startuppregnant.com and send us a note. We have had so much reader mail already, and your stories mean the world to us. We are proudly listener sponsored. So if you want to sponsor the show and hear more episodes, head over to our Patreon page and you can buy us a cup of coffee or two or three. We'll take many cups of coffee. If you want any of the show notes or links from this particular episode, all of the references and tools and tips that we talk about are always posted on startuppregnant.com. Thanks so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode.